This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Spotter Your Money FM 89.3. Uh, we have with us uh, our friends uh, from the Straits Times uh, podcast team, a uh, game of two halves. Well, I'm Bernard Lim. Together with me, we have Yu Lin. Welcome to the show, Yu Lin. How have you been? I'm good. I'm good. Really busy, but good. Okay. And of course, uh, we have Lin Fong as well joining us all the way from the Philippines. So today we're going to talk about an eventful week for Team Singapore. We've been in action since uh, Sea Games began last week. Team Singapore has been in action even before the Sea Games officially opened on, on Saturday. What have been some of the achievements and surprises for you? I mean, Lin Fong, you are, you are in the Philippines and even for you, Lin, as well, you can chip in. Lin Fong, you go ahead first. I think surprisingly, most of the medals uh, for now to go medals. So, uh, I mean, we've had quite a few achievements, mainly in Manila. Yes, mainly in Manila, with Wushu winning our first gold medal, um, Chloe winning in physical skating as well. As, but the most exciting, I think, was the women's floorball final yesterday, where one of the players got the last guest goal uh, to win the gold medal, to, to sort of retain the gold medal for Singapore. Mm-hmm. I think, in terms of surprises for me, I think uh, not, not in terms of gold medals, but I think that has really done the And in fact, I want to talk a little bit about football as well. I mean, the, the young Lions, in fact, they, they failed to score a single goal throughout their, their competition in Manila. So obviously, they've been a tough group, we know. But what are some of your thoughts about the young Lions? They have a semi-final target. It doesn't look like they're going to reach it. But I think the disappointment here is that they haven't scored a single goal. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, what has been even more surprising was Fandi Ahmed's uh, explanation the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he said, oh, you know, I have a team. You know, I have to cope with NS. I have to cope with players who are basically part-timers. They have to study or they attend training at 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock. Now, I found his response disingenuous. Mm-hmm. This is not the first football team that has had to cope with NAS and players coming after, training after work and all that. And mm-hmm. in fact, football is also not the only sport with male athletes that does this. All our male athletes face this and mm-hmm. that has not prevented them from excelling. So, you know, for Fandi to pull this out as a reason is really disingenuous. And, and he was, there was quite a lot of chatter on that. Mm-hmm. A lot of criticism. I mean, we didn't really publish all of it, but mm-hmm. certainly a lot of eyebrows were raised. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, there were people coming up to me and said, how did you let him get away with this comment? <laughs> so I said, we didn't let him, I mean, he's, he said what it is. It is a fact. Correct. Of course it is a fact. But mm-hmm. the fact is also that, like I said, other, other sports have faced the same conditions mm-hmm. and they are doing well. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Linfo, do you have anything to add about the Singapore Lions, the football Lions? We mostly agree with what you're saying now. I think there's been a lot of eyes on certainty about some of these comments because, you know, I mean, you know, these challenge sports as well, you know, water polo and, uh, you know, there'll be all of that means, you know, people can use have these similar challenges as well when it comes to NS. Mm-hmm. And, but you lose, you know, other youth teams, other football teams in BSC games that won bronze medals and they had the same challenges as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it really did catch the certainty a bit by surprise because, uh, you know, to them it does seem like a 
Right, right. Well, obviously, the other big surprise that we, I mean, in, in, a, in a not a pleasant way, is the water polo team. I mean, of course, the water polo team, they have got an incredible record. They lost a goal finally after kind of winning it for 27 times at the SEA Games. So I don't know what are some of your thoughts about the water polo team relinquishing the gold medal for the SEA Games. You want to tell us more, Lin Fong? Yes, I mean, it's really hard not to feel for this team or the they didn't consider and they really had a hard, hard task in the biggest arrivals were catching up. Um, but people still expected a 28 gold medal. You know, it's been very upsetting for them you know, to lose to Indonesia and then to draw with um, the Philippines getting a bronze medal. So I spoke to Lee Kayang, who's the goalkeeper, and you know, he stayed in three sea games. And he said it was just a matter of, you know, everyone kind of at the same level, but they were just not up to par this time and not up to their usual standards. So, and I also spoke to Vice President there and he said, you know, he promised that there will be a thorough review mm-hmm. to go back and look at, identify the gaps that, you know, this uh, gaps in their training or in their programs or maybe uh, with, with what they're doing in competitions or things like that. And maybe they need to come back stronger and fight for the gold medal again next time. Yes, I think certainly it's good that they found to undertake a thorough review mm-hmm. and that can only be good for the sport. I think it's an honest admission. They do know that there are some gaps. I mean, some things off the top of my head and over the years, I can. some things you can see, like the sport, has it really been growing? I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if, despite the successful streak, I think the number of schools that play water polo mm-hmm. have remained stagnant, yeah. which means your talent pool is not really growing either. Limited. Yeah, yeah it's limited, you mm-hmm, see. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, but water polo does face certain challenges. Generally, the schools that do well tend to have pools. Mm-hmm. And we know that not many schools actually have water, uh, sorry, swimming pools in their, in their own, school, in their yeah. school yeah. compounds, you know. That's why Raffles, ACS, they will be the schools that do well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's that's true. I mean, what, what can we expect uh, this week moving on uh, Linfong or the Sea Games? Can you tell us a bit more what are some of the things that we should look forward to and what as the games get into full swing? Okay, we kind of lost, okay, yeah. lost so, it for there. So I think we certainly, we're very far from, we've only just started, but I think one thing that we are quite concerned about right now is the f- disruption mm-hmm. to the games program by mm-hmm. Typhoon Kamuri. Right. So right now, in fact, we know it's going to hit tonight, tomorrow, and we know that there will be some disruption to the program. Mm-hmm. How far the and the level, extent of the disruption, we're not sure. Mm-hmm. So in fact, right now, while we know some of the sports will go on, especially like the indoor sports, right? Right, right. But, the outdoor sports, mm-hmm. surfing, sailing, golf, these are all, med- uh, maybe not surfing, but golf, cycling, these are all medal prospects mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Well, so well, we had predicted at least some medals and some gold medals from them. And right now, we don't even know whether the events will go on. Mm-hmm. And I think we have touched base with parts of Team Singapore and all they can tell us right now is that they are waiting from to hear from organisers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So unfortunately, that's about where we are right now. Okay, okay. So we will we'll continue to monitor the situation over at the Sea Games, and so not just the Singapore uh, team's performance, but also very much the weather as well. And of course, we're looking at the typhoon that is coming on to Manila uh, anytime today. So if you like these Straits Times uh, spot on, and also the uh, game of two halves, uh, you're listening to cast right now on Money FM 89.3. We're at about 5.15pm every morning. Monday, you can subscribe to the Game of Two Halves 
on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify. And like us and give us a rating. Okay, back to the second half of our conversation right now with our SD Sports uh, podcasters here. Uh, for the first time this year, the Standard Chartered Singapore Marathon was conducted at night while well, the race started at 6pm with the athletes uh, crossing the finish line under likes. Uh, Yuli, do you think this was a good idea? I think it was an intriguing idea. Mm. This is part of our bid to become a world marathon major. So we wanted to do a night race to try and distinguish ourselves from other mar- major marathons around the world. From what we could gather from the athlete feedback, the athletes really liked having the crowds. Because, you know, when you hold it at night, it's not so hot. Mm. You know, when you're cheering on marathon runners, you tend to stand for hours mm. in the sun, <laughs> in the hot sun, right? <laughs> you know, but at, when it's at night, you don't have to cope with the weather. You know, it's fine. Mm. It's not hot. And from what we could gather from uh, So Rayo and some of the other local runners, they right. really liked the idea of having a lot of supporters Mm -hmm. and probably more than what turned out in previous years. However, some of the runners also reported that certain parts of the course were not very well lit. Uh, Not bright enough? Not bright enough. So actually, I was watching the live stream from the marathon and Uh the parts that went through like gardens by the bay, that really some bits were really dark. And the the eventual winner, Joshua Kipkura, Mm -hmm. mentioned that at some time, he had to turn around and look at the outriders who were accompanying him because they had lights on their bikes, right? Uh. And so he had to get a sense of where he was going at the same time. That's why he told us, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then one of the wheelchair racers also said that it was a little bit too dark for them. Mm-hmm. And they wondered if they could perhaps start the race maybe half an hour earlier, mm-hmm. which would still allow you to have a night ending, but mm-hmm. it would give you sufficient lights to negotiate certain parts of the course mm-hmm. in time in the daylight. Mm-hmm. And one thing we were caught by surprise is we thought it'd be cooler and the performances and times would be better but this was not the case with some of the elite athletes in fact mm. the times were worse mm-hmm. the winner was seven minutes slower than, slower. His, yes, than mm-hmm. his winning time last year mm-hmm. so So Rayong our national record holder explained that sometimes at night it's more humid mm-hmm. right so in, and the humidity does play a big part also, it's, it's little things like like humidity because I think m- many of us just care about the the bright sun. Yes, yeah, we thought it would be hot, but humidity right. is also a big factor in endurance racing. You see, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. so that could have been a part. I mean. Having said that, the winner of the women's marathon did beat the course record. Okay. okay. So, you know, it doesn't apply to everybody. Right. Yeah, but in that sense, we, to be fair, we haven't done a thorough research whether mm-hmm. we haven't spoken to every runner or even a substantial pool of runners to find out really what happened on that day. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, the national record holder, So Roy Yong, he's, he's, a, he's a Singaporean, he's local. Yes. So if he feels that there's a difference from running in the day and supposed to night, then there must be really, there must yes. be a difference. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and, and he, he told us that it was his worst time ever. Mm. His first worst marathon time ever. Wow. Yeah, so he was quite well off. I think his national record is about 223. And mm. I think he came in at 245. Wow. Yeah, so okay. substantially different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so thank you very much to you once again, uh, Yulin, for coming into thank the you, studio. Bernard. Thank you for, for joining us here. And of course, uh, we lost uh, Lolin Fong, unfortunately. She was now covering the SEA Games uh, for the Straits Times uh, sports team over at the Philippines. Certainly hope that you, you stay safe and Fong and uh, look out for the typhoon that may come your way anytime soon. Thank you for tuning in to Spot On here on Money FM 89.3 and a game of two halves of podcast. I'm Bernard Lim. We'll catch you next time. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. 
You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at the Straits Times and the Business Times online.